Our guest today, Paul Daniels Jr., says that peripheral thinking can fuel innovation. How could you apply this to your company? Join us for episode 209 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated, and sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's always a tremendous pleasure to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves, their companies, of course, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, you know, Pam, one of the major challenges that CEOs and C-suite executives share with us is the pressure, the pressure they feel of leading for breakthrough innovation in this world that's changing all the time. That's right. And we found that it takes different types of thinking to fuel innovation. Yeah. And we all need to stay on the lookout for ways to do this even better. That's why we're speaking today with Paul Daniels. He's a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, board advisor, and author. Paul is also the founder and CEO of Peripheral Thinkers, a collaborative think tank. This is where entrepreneurs, business owners, and corporate leaders learn, share, and apply lessons that propel their company beyond obstacles and change the trajectory of industries worldwide. Paul's unique perspectives on challenging conventions and creating unlimited paths to success in any market condition, have influenced companies of all sizes, including General Electric, United Healthcare, Budweiser, and many more. You can read much more about Paul's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 209, and scroll down to his bio. Paul, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm super excited to be here, especially around this topic. Oh, this is something that we hear so often. I mean, people tell us they bring us in, in fact, to help them with some of these challenges along with other kinds of growth issues. So before we get right down to peripheral thinking, let's start out with briefly, you know, what is the major influence that led you to your business focus? You know, peripheral thinking is not something somebody goes, hmm, I think I'm going to open a business on peripheral thinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, it's right up there with the eraser company. I have uh, 15,000 brands of erasers, right? Well, there's really two major influences that put me onto this, uh, this business path, this focus. The first of those is started early in life, throughout school, uh, college, graduate work, even into my uh, professional career. I was labeled as slow, stupid, lazy, unconventional, an outsider. And at age 39, I had, I had already started and sold my first company. I had worked for and with and grown through the ranks of several Fortune 500 companies, driven a billion dollars in revenue. And there's just this disconnect between being labeled as such and the results. <laughs> so 
at age 40, I learned that there's a secret set of super skills that are found in only about 10% of the population. And these super skills uh, have driven some of the most impactful innovations throughout history. They're found in visionary leaders like Einstein, Da Vinci, JFK, Richard Branson, and the like. At age 40, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. And it gave me a context for the way that I see the world. And I'd mentioned that, you know, 10% about are born with that. But did you know that 20 to 30% of entrepreneurs and nearly 40% of self-made millionaires are dyslexic? That is fascinating. So the so, brain is working in a different way. Yeah. So Absolutely. you and Einstein are connected. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's great peripheral thinking. I like that. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not sure I would I would go quite that far, but it's an interesting experience. And as we look, as we talk more, I'll share some of the data that's around this. And in essence, the second part of what influenced me was the number of clients that I work with as I've explained how I come up with ideas and innovations and help them grow their businesses. They wanted to learn more about how they could have these same skills, not just use me as the the whisperer of innovation, have their own abilities. And so that's the development, the genesis of peripheral thinking. Okay, well, I've always been told and, and kind of believe that the most innovative among us kind of have a part of their brain that's a bit unhinged. Yeah. And so what you're saying kind of confirms that. So let's talk a little bit deeper about this idea of peripheral thinking you say it's associated with dyslexia, maybe some other things. What is this peripheral thinking thing, and why does it help us be more innovative? So peripheral thinking is a mirror image. It's a set of skills that mirror the skills that are found innately within those dyslexic innovators. Right? So it allows people that are neurotypical to learn and use the skills. In essence, very high level. Peripheral thinking takes seemingly unrelated ideas and thoughts from any and all perspectives and resources and assembles those in unique ways in order to address a challenge, reach a goal, set a path. What it does is it, it challenges conventional thinking. It is the antithesis, if you will, of conventional wisdom and business best practices. Now, I'm not saying that you, you know, shed those kinds of things, but peripheral thinking is a new way of looking at the world and seeing that there are elements and solutions and answers to all of our questions if we will take off the blinders that tend to grow deeper and deeper as we get further and further into our career, into our business growth, into our niche, and we rely on those lessons that, the, that we have learned instead of relying on the lessons that are all around us. One of my favorite ones comes from 1961. So for some of your listeners, this will be, you know, 20 centuries ago. And for others, perhaps more my age, it seems like just a few years ago. When John F. Kennedy, when President Kennedy said, we're going to place a person on the moon by the end of the decade, conventional wisdom said, wait, you're going to do what? peripheral thinking said, all right, let's get busy. And that's exactly what NASA did. 
NASA cast a very broad net, touching nearly every industry around the globe because they needed as many ideas as they could to literally weave technology and materials, processes and procedures together to create and to accomplish something that had never been done before. Peripheral thinking plays a part in that because they shed their not made here sort of air quotes approach to this. There was no lunar program to reference, right? They created it. However, when you look at what they built and made, all of the elements were available. It was simply getting as much of the stuff on the table and figuring out how do these pieces fit together best to achieve and accomplish our objective, to overcome this particular challenge about orbit and timing, to overcome the challenges of heat or lack of oxygen and those kinds of things. And still today, we benefit from that kind of innovation, things like solar panels and, and, uh, and athletic shoes. So is it something if you're good at puzzles, for instance, would that relate or no? It's a great point that um, dyslexics in general have a, well, scientifically have shown that we have a broader peripheral vision. Our vision in the periphery is much sharper and gathers more details. We also see patterns where most people don't. So that's why NASA actively recruits people with dyslexia. How about that? Yeah, nearly 50% of people at NASA are dyslexic. So the puzzle creating, um, going back to peripheral thinking, you don't have to be a creative or an Einstein in order to recognize that there are solutions literally right outside your door if you open your mind and your perspective to accept them and then break them down into elements and ask a couple of basic questions that will help propel you in that direction. NASA is a great example. So what do you see then as the biggest challenge for CEOs and C-suites and boards who are our listeners primarily who want to apply peripheral thinking to fuel their innovation? And we'll just do like a top line and everybody has to come back for the second segment. Fair enough. Well, I'm part of all three of those. So I'm the CEO, I'm C-suite, and I'm on a board. The biggest challenge to applying peripheral thinking is that which we, as leaders, rely most on. And that is conventional wisdom and industry best practices. When you hold tightly to those, your ability to innovate, truly innovate, not iterate, but innovate, diminishes greatly. And your ability to adapt to a peripheral thinking model is challenged. You got to let go to get more. So what happens then is, well, we talk about the orbit of the status quo. It's almost like you can't break out into that new innovation because you can't wrap your head around then that something like this could happen. Well, I mean, our, where has it been done? Our <laughs> brains like to go, that worked. Oh, good. I'll keep doing that because it's going to work again. And when the world changes, of course, it doesn't. And then we go, oh, what now? And that's where your peripheral thinking can come in. 
Yep, you, you guys have both got it. Okay, well, that's good. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with speaker, entrepreneur, and advisor Paul Daniels about using peripheral thinking to challenge convention and find new paths to fuel innovation. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. And as always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. To everyone listening, welcome. We're glad you've joined us, whether it's because you're a subscriber or you just found us wherever you pick up your podcasts. But there's a special reason to visit growthignitersradio.com. This is the only way you can access over 200 podcast episodes. Right, and it's also the only place you can find unique show notes, biographies, and resource links specifically related to each episode. To get notices of new podcast episodes and our new blog posts for a deeper dive on current issues, go to growthignitersradio.com, click on sign up now. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with speaker, entrepreneur, and advisor Paul Daniels Jr. about the power of peripheral thinking for fueling innovation and growth. Paul, tell us how people can find out more about you and your work. Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, so I, you obviously can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Paul Daniels Jr. I'm probably the only one of the three billion people on there. But <laughs> I'm the handsome guy without any hair. You can also find me uh, on my website. It's pauldanielsjr.com, where you can learn about my speaking, uh, the advisory work that I do, and some other things, some fun facts. And you can also find out more and have links to this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 209, and scroll down under resources. So back to our conversation. In the first segment, we were talking about some of the challenges of applying peripheral thinking. And what it does require is the ability to let go of some conventional thinking. Let's take a positive approach to this. And uh, can you share with us a story that illustrates leaders who successfully have applied peripheral thinking to fuel innovation? Let's see, in, in early 2010, I was working with a hospital in the Midwest, and their patient engagement group wanted to improve patient satisfaction, and they were focused on adding more attention to their advertising, post-discharge surveys, and you know, common things like that. So we'd finished up a multi-day workshop, and it was a Friday afternoon, as I mentioned, it's, and the director of the patient engagement group came up to me and said, uh, Paul, I need to reschedule our meeting for next week because I'm taking my family to Hawaii. So we were scheduled to head back to the airport, back to Texas for the weekend. I remember it specifically because it took most of the weekend to unthaw my fingers and my toes from that frigid Midwest <laughs> weather. And Sunday, I received a text uh, from the director. We'll, we'll call her Jennifer Johnson. And Jennifer's text said, can we talk slash we need to talk exclamation point. Well, I had replied, you know, sure, my client, of course I'm going to answer. 
no sooner had I sent the text message, but my phone rang. And I'll just do a little role play. So, you know, the phone rang, I answered. Aloha, Jennifer, how's it going? The conversation went a little bit like this. Hey, Paul, that peripheral thing that you were talking about on Friday, I get it. Like, I get it, get it. Okay, Jennifer, I don't know that I've ever heard you this excited. So what happened? Okay, so my husband and I and the kids, we just checked into the host to the hotel, and I got this text, and I want to read it to you. Hang on, I'm going to read it out loud. It says, Miss Johnson, thank you for choosing the Waikoloa Village Resort. If I can make your stay exceptional, call me. Jim Smith, and he's the general manager, Paul. He gave me his personal phone number. Do you get it? I said, that's a great message. And I've been to that property. They know a really terrific guest experience. She said, that's right. That's exactly my point. Why can't I do that for patients in my hospital? Oh, yeah. She really gets it. Because there it was. A proven solution, texting, in another industry, hospitality, that could be immediately applied to her hospital and their desire to have a deeper connection with their patients. You can fast forward to today and you see that kind of electronic communication, you know, between providers and healthcare doctors and so on and their patients, pretty prolific now. In 2010, it was non-existent. She started this. And it was because she was just in a different place and her mind was open to other ideas. You fast forward, like I said, to today and you see this. And now Jennifer is the chief patient experience officer for a 20 hospital healthcare system. So not only did it help her career, but it launched this electronic communication uh, across the healthcare industry. It was somewhere else proven. And then it brought it into something that would never have adopted it had it been just left to them to decide. Great story, Paul. Now let's pull this apart a little bit and, and look for the nuggets of what's behind it. One of the things that I have seen over my long career as an innovator and advising innovators is that if you tell somebody, go innovate, go, go invent something, you know, make it better, uh, the brain goes, oh, what? <laughs> and the harder you try, you know, the, it's like trying to remember your friend's phone number. The harder you try, you, you can't do it. So one of the things I hear you saying is relaxing the brain, getting away from the problem or the, the benefit you're trying to create, and also putting yourself in contact with people who think differently, who have different experiences. Uh, my dad, who is a professor at Ohio State, used to say, I'm always smarter in somebody else's office. I agree with that. <laughs> right. So, because you're getting different perspectives. Is that what you see? Is, is that how peripheral thinking works, partly? That's pretty close. I mean, one of the key takeaways just from that story alone is to find truly innovative, progressive solutions. You need to go to Hawaii. No. <laughs> I was going to ask that. I was I, I was exactly going to ask. That. I said, Paul, are you telling us we all have to go to Hawaii now? That's it. Yeah. So that's that's not really the moral of the story. But hey, if anybody is listening and you need justification for uh, a trip, a vacation or business trip to Hawaii, please feel free to quote me. And we're going to, we're going to make sure they go to you too for that. But no, seriously though, is it important to be away or can you 
be away. I mean, if you're inside and you need to come up with something right there and then, you don't have the luxury of getting away, can you still plug in that peripheral thinking you're talking about? Yes, 100%. So for dyslexics, especially dyslexic innovators, what we see and hear is always logged. We have it at a moment's notice, and it always reminds us of something else. So when I think of Hawaii, I think of a particular place that I used to go when I was young, surfing, which reminds me of some people that I met that owned a taco shack and how they ran their taco. Okay, so I can go in circles and circles and come up with 15 or 20 ideas. The key for people that don't have that way of thinking is journaling and having an open mind that every experience has lessons, both past, present, and future. It doesn't have to even be firsthand. You can use the moral of the story for the one that I provided as a starting point for your own library of resources. The moral is that innovation doesn't have to be risky and that great ideas don't belong to just one industry. They can be reused, repurposed, and reformed to create an innovative uh, approach or product service for your industry. So much is regurgitated and reused and reformed. It's why in innovation typically happens from the outside in. It's someone that looks at an industry and says, oh, well, that's an easy problem to solve. We do it this way now. That industry has been focused on iterating, calling it innovation, so long that they've left a large gap. And that's how upstarts and no-names come in and, and just shake the world up. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because I used to work in uh, oral health when I was in corporate. And you have heard of and maybe use anti-tartar toothpaste. A tartar control toothpaste. And tartar is a, a calcium deposit that forms on the teeth. Well, the people who developed the tartar control that's used most frequently actually looked to the water treatment industry. Uh, water treatment uh, says, how do we stop this mineral from forming up in our pipes? Well, it's phosphates, but it's safe. It's safe to put in the mouth and it keeps the tartar from forming. So that reaching across and going, how are these problems similar, even though they're different? That's 100%. You, you, uh, Scott, you've nailed it. That is the, that's the center of peripheral thinking, the ability to get outside of yourself and recognize that this problem has likely been solved before. The obstacle has been overcome. We like to think, like our grandmothers said, when they grabbed our cheek and shook it and said, you are special, you're unique, you're a one of a kind. Well, you might be. But that doesn't mean that your business is, and that doesn't mean that only you can solve your problems. You're brighter when you look outside. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with speaker, entrepreneur, and advisor Paul Daniels about immediately useful ideas for applying peripheral thinking to fueling innovation in your company. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders dramatically increase the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered 
If so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to embrace the leadership paradoxes that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, How Growth Igniters Lead for Tomorrow, starting today. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership event. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with speaker, entrepreneur, and advisor Paul Daniels about how peripheral thinking can fuel innovation. Paul, remind us how people can find out more about you and your work. You can find me on uh, my website, www.pauldanielsjr.com, or find me on LinkedIn. All right. And there's information about your speaking, too. I know you're a keynote speaker. I am. And I love your keynote, Pam. By the way, I just needed to put that out there for anybody that's listening. I completely recommend and highly endorse Pam's keynote. You will be transformed when you listen to this. Wow. I appreciate that. And likewise, I mean, this time that we're talking about peripheral thinking so important. And that's why I want to make sure that people do find you as a keynote speaker. So now we're at the point of our episode where we talk about the immediately useful ideas, the practical ideas. And in this case, it's for applying peripheral thinking to fuel innovation. All right. So the first one, a practical idea for helping leaders apply peripheral thinking in their organization. You know, people aren't used to this. They can't just go in and say, hey, we're going to do peripheral thinking now. You know, they just freak. So what can they do to just introduce it gently? If variety is the spice of life, then how much variety does your life have? How much variety does your business have? And one of the things that I challenge my think tank members and my advisory clients to do is schedule exploration time and to journal about their experiences. Now, before you start creating or looking at flights to Bora Bora or someplace, you know, in the Netherlands, uh, stop. Because exploration happens everywhere all the time. You have the ability, everyone's mind has the ability to explore an experience, whether that's walking down the hall to the cafeteria, walking from the car to the office, whatever that is, and ask, hmm, what am I really seeing here? What, what are the things that I could learn from? And it leads to two primary questions. After you have that experience and you journal some things, you ask, where in my business can I use the principles, the lessons, ideas, the solutions from this experience? And the second question is, 
what other elements from different experiences could be combined with this one to solve my problem, overcome my obstacle, reach my goal, set a new path. This is interesting. So let's try it out because this is different kind of thinking. So I'm going to get coffee. I'm stumped on an innovation challenge. We're we're trying to come up with a, a new way to reach people. And we go out and we see that in the hall, there is somebody who is reaching out to give coffee to someone. Where do I go with that? Tell me. Right. So as you look at that experience, you're standing in a, I won't give anybody's name, but a coffee shop. So there's a lot of things going on in that coffee shop. And you did, you already started to make a connection because you saw a reach out. So a word triggered something and you're, you're looking at that experience. So that barista that hands that coffee, well, they typically will have a name on that coffee. So they're calling out a name, Pam. Pam, oh, Pam, here you are. This is your, and it says that the, this is your double latte such and such. Okay, you can obviously tell I'm just a black coffee guy. So here's your coffee, right? Thank you so much. Let me know if that's the right temperature. Hmm, okay, what are the lessons there? Well, it's personalized. They reiterated what was ordered or what the interest was. It was a two-way live interaction what are some of the principles there that you can use to innovate or to address the challenge? If you're having difficulty connecting with your consumers, are you personalized? Are you personal enough? Do you have it such that you could reiterate exactly what they are asking for, what they have ordered or what they're looking for? Okay, that's one piece. The other is at the end of the day, that barista goes home, but the systems that they use at that coffee place are telling you how many of this kind of drink was made at what time. It's giving you that content and context for the market on a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of January. This is great. That's exactly what I, I, we needed to do here. Great. So let's build on that. You know, let's say that innovation is turning creativity into practical use, operationalizing it. A lot of people talk about innovation. They say, we're going to innovate. Uh, we're going to make the 14th or 40,000th type of this sandwich cookie or whatever. So there's what experts in the field call incremental innovation, which is very common. You know, it's a little tweak and we'll get a little bit more business. But what people really want, or a lot of people want, is big innovation, breakthrough innovation, but there's obstacles to that. How do you use peripheral thinking to get people past the, whoa, that's too weird, and really get into the big innovation? When you begin the peripheral thinking journey, again, the hardest thing is to let go of some of the conventional wisdoms. Look, I'm, I'm not suggesting that people abandon what is working for them. They don't need to do that, but what they do need to do, and I hate to be prescriptive, but what you do need to be do is be open to alternatives. That's step one. Step two is actively seeking alternatives. Because when you find alternatives, especially those that challenge your own personal and professional conventions, and then you try them on for size, the insights that you gain 
can compound dramatically. We all recognize that change is here. And I've heard, and I know you have too, that, gosh, we've learned so much over the last two years. Well, I'm sorry to burst anybody's bubble. We've learned so much over the last 2,000 years, all of which can be applied today. Those lessons that are from other industries, other experiences. Well, I think I've said it before that, for instance, what does a baker in Bulgaria have in common with a, a foundry in Philadelphia? And what do they have in common? Well, I've got another question. What does a, a movie theater in Malaysia have in common with a distribution center in Denver? Mm, don't know. What does a flu in China have in common with unemployment around the world? Well, conventional wisdom for all three of those says, hmm, not much. That last one, I brought it to the forefront. Peripheral thinking says, hang on, there's some stuff here that we need to look at. I do know a bakery and the CEO of a bakery in Bulgaria. His name is Ivan. And I have learned a ton about how he runs his business, the challenges he has to overcome, the goals that he's set and he's he achieved and exceeded, and the lessons from that. And I can apply it to a foundry outside of Philadelphia or a distribution center in Denver or to unemployment around the world. This is something that is a process and not an event to develop this kind of thinking, but so valuable. We're at a point now where we need to wrap it up, but can you tell us how leaders can tap into peripheral thinking? If I mean, you've already told us so much, but any final thoughts on this as far as fueling innovation and growth? Change is inevitable, but hear me on this. You can either adapt to the changes in your environment or you can make the changes in yourself and to your environment. Just because we've talked about these theoretical things, when you accept the, these next statements as fact, it opens your perspectives to new opportunities. There are more answers than questions. There are more choices than challenges, more paths than problems, and there are more opportunities than obstacles when you know where and how to look. Peripheral thinking teaches you where and how to look. Today, we've touched briefly on it. Basically, where to look? Everywhere. How to look? With just an open and explorative mind, looking for the elements the elements you need to overcome your challenge, to reach your goal, to exceed it, to innovate, truly innovate, what disruptive innovation already exist. They're already there. You just need to find them and assemble them. That's what NASA did. It's what's been done for 2000 years. And it's what has driven two and a half billion dollars in revenue for my clients. And uh, we'll continue to do that until hopefully I've passed away and peripheral thinking continues on. Well, this has been inspirational. Paul, thanks for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Paul. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 209. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider 
and discuss with your team. So how can we work together to stimulate each other differently and apply peripheral thinking to fuel our own breakthrough innovations? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.